With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. So you want your charity to succeed. It's no secret that combining online and offline techniques is the key to modern day fundraising success. And practical advice is what you need. The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart is the perfect place to learn from experts around the world who, along with our host, provide advice you can use. Ted Hart is without a doubt one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. Also a successful author, his books cover a broad range of topics from major gift fundraising to use of social media and how to succeed online. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, Ted and his guests help you maneuver through this economic downturn in the charitable sector to greater levels of efficiency and fundraising success. Remember, this is a live call-in show. Become part of the show by adding your voice. Call now at 347-324-3080. After the show, you can find all our podcasts at tedhart.com. Just click on radio links. Don't forget to dial 347-324-3080. Now, welcome the host of The Nonprofit Coach, Ted Hart. And welcome to this special Valentine's Day edition of The Nonprofit Coach. Today is February 14th, 2012. Uh, you are live here with Ted Hart on The Nonprofit Coach Show. Uh, as the announcer mentioned, you can call in to 347 347- Three two four three zero eight zero. You can also email us today at tedhart at tedhart.com. Now, for those of you who are familiar with the show, we normally do have a chat room open. Uh, that seems to be a bit of a technical problem today, so we're going to continue to work on that during the show. If the chat room becomes available as an option for you to be able to ask questions, we will let you know as the show progresses. So right now your options are to call in live, which of course we would love you to consider doing that today when we get to our page two expert. Our page two expert today is Owen Charters coming to us live from Toronto, Canada, and he is one of this planet's foremost online fundraising experts. Those of you who are familiar with the show, we always start off with page one news. We've got a lot to cover here on page one. Before we get to our page two expert today, as always, you can follow along in the posted radio links. They are available over at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. You can follow along, and while you're there, you'll also find all of the archives of the very best links available in the nonprofit sector for this year and the archives of last year. First up here in the radio links you will find coming to us from Advanced Solutions International, a new white paper that is available for you entitled 
time to go mobile. Technology is moving at such a rapid pace that it's sometimes difficult to keep up, much less stay ahead of the curve. This white paper is here to help you understand the demand for mobile applications for business, government, and nonprofits alike. It's very real, and it's skyrocketing every single day. Keep in mind here on the Nonprofit Coach, we do believe that mobile technology is important, but the basics need to be in place, so don't move to mobile until you've got the basics in place for your online and social media fundraising needs. Uh, next up here on uh, the Nonprofit Coach, it is always my pleasure to welcome here uh, each month, Susan McDermott joins us uh, from John Wiley & Sons to announce uh, to us uh, who the guest will be on the monthly AFP Wiley radio show. That very special edition of the Nonprofit Coach is next week. And joining us here from John Wiley's and Sons is Susan McDermott. Hey, Susan, how are you? I'm pretty good, Ted. How are you? Well, Susan, what great news do you have for us for next week's show? Oh, we have a uh, well. We have a terrific, um, a terrific set of guests next week. Uh, next week, you're going to um, um, <clears throat> enjoy talking to Melanie Mathos and Chad Norman, who are the authors of 101 Social Media Tactics for Nonprofits. Um, Melanie and Chad are both um, are both employed at Blackboard and uh, doing a lot of this stuff on a day to day basis. But basically, um, basically, this book's a field guide to social media tactics for nonprofits, and it features, as the title suggests, 101 beginner to intermediate level tactics uh, with real life examples that show nonprofits how to um how to de deploy their social media strategy and um and meet new objectives and get their get their word out um the book also features a a foreword by Beth Cantor who many of your listeners will know as an expert in this area and uh, I I think Absolutely and, and Beth has been a guest on this show as well I uh Susan I don't know how you do it but each and every month you always bring us to the latest uh, topics and social media is such a hot topic. Uh, thank you so much for bringing uh, Melanie and Chad to the show. That's going to be February 21st at 12 noon Eastern on the very special edition of the Nonprofit Coach known as the AFP Wiley Radio Show. Susan McDermott, thank you for uh, making this big uh, big announcement. Uh, now, you mentioned that these folks are from Blackbot, and in addition to giving the tactics, this is going to be full of real-life experience as well, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I think, yeah, I think your listeners are really going to enjoy it. Uh, they did a wonderful job with the book, and it's our pleasure to uh, to introduce you uh, to, to Chad and Melanie. Terrific, terrific. Don't forget to join us right here next week on the Nonprofit Coach, 12 noon Eastern, February 21st, and bring all of your most important questions about social media tactics in the nonprofit sector to the AFP Wiley Radio Show. And Susan, we'll uh, catch up with you next month. Sounds great, Ted. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Thank, thanks for joining us today. Take care. All right, next up here on uh, the Nonprofit Coach uh, Radio Show is uh, right here on page one. Uh, it is Valentine's Day, and uh, so uh, coming to us, uh, lots of charities are um, looking to raise money, of course, around the uh, the holidays, Valentine's Day being one of those. I have a soft spot uh, uh, for uh, our four-legged friends, and uh, here's a, a special holiday Valentine's Day announcement from Global Pet Foods. Valentine's Day isn't just about candy hearts or fancy flowers. It's about giving pets in need the love they deserve. 
Help turn their story into a happy tale from February 1st to the 14th by donating $1 at any Global Pet Food store. Global Pet Foods and Hill Science Diet will match your donation in support of local animal shelters. We're proud to have Hill Science Diet the leading supporter of shelters in North America as our fundraising partner. This Valentine, show us your heart to help pets even more. Healthy choice for pets. What a great opportunity to tie in Valentine's Day uh, to help uh, pets and uh, pet shelters uh, throughout North America. Uh, you can find that video link uh, over at the radio links today at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. Next up here on the Nonprofit Coach on page one news, uh, you will find a free handbook that's available to you coming to you from HubSpot. Uh, these are the seven apps that will change the way you do marketing. Now, we talk a lot about uh, applications here on the Nonprofit Coach, and in uh, particular, this is going to help you understand uh, things such as brainstorm ideas for fast content creation uh, using uh, iNote and uh, easy share the uh, sharing of large files uh, using uh, Dropbox, uh, generate more traffic to your website using StumbleUpon, uh, and tell your story and share photos using Instagram uh, and Pinterest. So uh, these are just a few of the apps uh, for social media, email, photo, and file sharing uh, that's going to be available in this free handbook now available to you from HubSpot. The link is available over at tedhart.com uh, right here on page one for the nonprofit coach. You know, from time to time, I have the opportunity to lecture around the world at fine locations uh, and uh, try to share the latest uh, information uh, for you on online fundraising, social media, and fundraising in general. Um, I have the opportunity um, to speak at a very special lecture uh, that's going to be uh, held in uh, New Jersey, and it's my pleasure uh, now to welcome here to the nonprofit coach, Michael Baker, CFRE, uh, who is uh, the certified fundraising executive who is president of the AFP New Jersey chapter. Uh, welcome here to the nonprofit coach, Mr. Baker. Hello, Michael, are you there? One second. Michael, it helps if I uh, get my switchboard right. I think I've got Michael Baker with me now. Ted, can you hear me now? There you are. I can hear you now. Um, now, this is uh, a very special lecture. This is uh, the Whitley Lecture that um, you've invited me, and thank you for the invitation. Uh, tell us all about it, and we do have a, a link available in the radio links today, so all of our listeners who would like to uh, register uh, for this session can, in fact, do that right from the radio links today. But tell us all about it. Ted, thanks so much for, for having me on the, uh, today in your show. This is a special lecture series um, because it was created um, by an act of philanthropy by Frank Whitley, who was the founder and actually the first president of the AFP New Jersey chapter. And it was a uh, true act of generosity that uh, Frank, and I, I was fortunate enough to meet Frank younger in my career, and he was he was really one of those our old hard-nosed fundraisers, but he got the job done, and uh, he was really successful with the groups he worked with and his clients. And uh, he helped start the AFP New Jersey chapter. He was so intent on making sure that the chapter had sustainability after he was long gone that, that he did one of the most noble acts that um, an individual can do, and he left uh, the uh, AFP New Jersey chapter in his estate plans and had a bequest 
um, specifically so that we would put on a lecture on an annual basis and name it the Frank Whitley Lecture. Um, so thank you so much for coming out on March 8th. We're looking forward to having you. Um, I've heard you speak before. I know how exciting it's going to be. I'm looking forward to seeing you and, and introducing you that day as well. Well, it's, it really is uh, a terrific opportunity for me to come out and to uh, join in uh, honoring the fantastic contribution of Frank uh, Whitley, uh, not only to the New Jersey chapter, but philanthropy throughout uh, North America. Um, this is at the Pines Manor in Edison, New Jersey. Um, as you mentioned, that is on Thursday, March 8th. We certainly invite uh, everyone from the metro area who may be uh, able to uh, get to Edison to make sure that they do register uh, today. Uh, this is hosted, as uh, you mentioned, or I mentioned, you're the president of the AFP Association of Fundraising Professionals, New Jersey chapter. I don't want to uh, miss uh, the opportunity, though, to uh, also note that uh, in your bio, you're also an, a fellow Eagle Scout, and that's uh, quite an accomplishment, and uh, I appreciate the fact that you uh, you promote that in your bio. That's great. Thank you, Ted. It's, uh, it's something that I earned when I was a young man and, and, as you know, carries on with you throughout your life. So I appreciate that. It does. There's a, a, a particular uh, prideful moment for me when uh, my son uh, joined us uh, in the ranks of, uh, of Eagle Scouts. So uh, passing that on to the, uh, the next generation, I always uh, make note of a fellow uh, Eagle Scout. Thank you again for the invitation. I look forward to joining you in Edison, New Jersey. And uh, thank you, Michael Baker, CFRE, for joining us here on the Nonprofit Coach today to promote that important Whitley lecture. Ted, thanks so much. Look forward to seeing you on March 8th. You bet. I will be there, and I hope all my listeners uh, will consider coming out to uh, the AFP New Jersey chapter. Again, that's in Edison, New Jersey, and all the details are available at the link available on the page one at tedhart.com. Uh, Click on radio links. Okay, well, next up here on uh, the, the nonprofit coach uh, is uh, a, a very important article I want to uh, draw your attention to. Um, I think that for a lot of nonprofit organizations, donor advised funds continue to be a bit of a mystery, of, but uh, what is important to understand is how rapidly they are growing and just how much money is coming into the donor advised fund sector. Over in the radio links today, uh, you will find an article from financialplanning.com. Uh, letting us know that donor-advised funds have propelled the Fidelity Charitable Gift Fund to a record-breaking year, now celebrating 20 years of service uh, to the nonprofit and charitable sector. Fidelity uh, Charitable Gift Fund, which is the operator of the nation's largest donor-advised fund program, um, has hit a record. Contributions almost $2.9 billion uh, contributed to Fidelity Charitable in 2011, uh, uh, up from $1.6 billion uh, in uh, 2010. Let me say that again, $2.9 billion going into Fidelity Charitable, and that is up uh, from a bit over $1.6 billion in 2010. That is a huge rate of growth. Meanwhile, they were uh, able to make 380,000 grants uh, to nonprofits nationwide for a total of $1.3 billion, uh, which was up an additional 8% from the, from the year before. Donor advised funds are becoming an important engine for the nonprofit sector, and certainly we are pleased uh, to note that Fidelity is uh, marking its 20 years 
of uh, service as the nation's first national donor-advised fund. Uh, this record is notable, uh, as Sarah Libby uh, points out, as the president of uh, Fidelity Charitable uh, in, this, uh, in this particular ar article. Many of the contributions have come from the form of appreciated securities. Donations of appreciated securities were 71% of the total contributions to the fund, and certainly, um, given the fact that they were only 51% of the fund in 2010, uh, is a big part of the growth over at Fidelity Charitable. And let's keep in mind that for all nonprofit organizations, uh, the uh, gifting of appreciated securities is a very important issue for all of us uh, to promote. Um, in this column, uh, James uh, explains that replacing cash gifts with gifts of appreciated securities allows clients not to uh, have to pay capital gains tax on the gift. What's more, this can be done without changing their portfolio um, since a client who likes the stock that is just given away can purchase more of it with uh, the cash that he or she might have originally been intending to give to the charity. Uh, and that's without having the wait of 30 days since the wash sales rules do not apply uh, to these transactions because they only apply to losses and these uh, are appreciated securities being donated. So read all about it over in the radio links. Make sure that 2012 is the year that you become very familiar with the power that donor-advised funds can propel uh, nonprofit organizations and raise additional dollars. With that, we're going to wrap up uh, page one news today and rush right on over to page two. It is uh, my pleasure today to welcome here on page two, Owen Charters, CEO of Canada Helps. He first began his career in the nonprofit sector working for his local YMCA and the Easter Seals camps, working with children with disabilities. Since then, Owen has built a career in the nonprofit sector, starting with a national student-led charity he founded as an undergraduate student. Owen joined Canada Helps as executive director in January 2007. Previously, he held senior marketing and developing roles with both Muscular Dystrophy Canada and Sunnybrook Health Sciences Center Foundation in Toronto, and since 2007 uh, has very ably uh, helped position Canada Helps as a powerhouse helping charities throughout Canada raise money online. Welcome here to the nonprofit coach, Owen Charters. Hello, Owen. Uh, you know what? If I can just get my switchboard right, this is my second guest. Owen, I think you're live here on the nonprofit coach. All right, as long as you can hear me now. Uh, uh, thank I you. I can hear you now. <laughs> good to be talking Sorry to you. Sorry about that. No problem. Yeah, great to have you here on on, uh, on the show. It always helps when I press the right button on uh, on the switchboard. Um, before we get started here, um, Owen, I do want to remind our guests that this is a call-in show, and we hope that they will call in and ask questions of you, our page two expert, at 347-324-3080. They can also ask questions by emailing me at tedhart at tedhart.com. Uh, and the, the, uh, it looks like the uh, chat room may be just coming online right now, so if you for the chat room, go ahead and check out uh, the chat room. So welcome here, Owen Charters. How's everything over at Canada Helps? 
Things are great. Um, it's a really interesting to be able to look back at this time of year uh, in terms of what happened in 2011 and start to think about what's happening in 2012. Um, and online giving, as we've seen data from across North America and I guess really around the world, just is where things are growing. Um, and the, the numbers numbers tell the tale. We've seen growth of more than 15% in the online giving space over the last year. Um, and we've seen a really strong start to the year. And that includes even gifts of securities. I know you were just talking in the, in the page one section about a lot of people moving towards um, um, securities as a great way to give um, instead of cash. And the same thing holds true in Canada. And, and we've, we've actually started facilitating that in the online space and seeing huge uptake of that as a form of giving on top of what's happening in, in traditional uh, forms of giving like credit cards, et cetera. Yeah. Now, I knew that that was the case, and uh, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring forward uh, the important uh, word about donor-advised funds um, and the gifts of, of securities into those funds. But before we get there, let's make sure that our listeners understand. Uh, let's start right at the beginning. What is Canada Helps? It's a good question. Some people sometimes call us the Google of giving. And the best way to describe Canada Helps is that we, ha we really have two, two main businesses. Um, one is just allowing anybody to give to any charity in Canada. We have a database of every charity that's listed with the government here. And people can go to our site, find, search, and select charities, and then give in any kinds of ways, not just give, but also fundraise for their favorite causes. So a lot of different tools on our site to allow people to do not only their own philanthropy, but encourage other people to do the same thing. And then secondly, we provide the back end for giving for a huge number of charities across Canada. There's about 12,000 charities that use the back end. So when you find a Donate Now button on a lot of charities and on Canadian sites, um, we're the people behind the scenes making that happen, keeping the donations secure, reconciling the funds, and, and, and making sure it, it goes to where it's supposed to be going. So uh, we're and, a charitable foundation. And that's foundation. an important aspect. That, that's yes. an important aspect of what you do um, is bridging between a donor who wants to do good um, and a legitimate charity. So help help us understand how Canada helps in that security of giving in Canada. Yeah, we sort of look at it sometimes as the Intel Inside brand, but it's in this case it's about the idea that this is a trusted um, – we're a charitable foundation, and we provide the trusted service to allow that connection to happen between the donor and the charity. So it's a bit of a brokerage relationship, or as you've said, a bit of a bridging relationship between donor and charity. Um, the nice thing in the Canadian context is that it's, it's easy to understand if a charity is a legitimate organization in terms of whether the government's given it its, you know, the seal of approval as a, as a legitimate charity um, – um, there's a verifiable database, and that's what we use to make sure that we're, you know, when donors come to our site, they know they're giving to organizations that have charitable status and that they know that those funds are being used in some kind of purpose that's considered charitable by the government of Canada. So it, it gives a bit of legitimacy, but we also allow charities to tell their story in, in one place where you can go and, and search through and sort of compare and contrast how one organization, what they're up to compared to another organization get a little bit of feel for what they're doing and, and how that fits into what your personal motivations might be. So we're really trying to connect donors to the things that move them. Where, where, what are they passionate about? And helping them find the things that make sense for them, not just responding to those appeals that might come by phone or by mail, but take control and, and really take advantage of, of the technology and what it allows them to do in terms of giving them some choice. And, and that that really is important. Now, some of the things that uh, that you offer, I want to uh, make sure that uh, particularly uh, Canadian charities understand the work that you do. But but give us a sense of why the importance of your work also extends beyond Canada, given the fact that uh, I believe that since 2000, more than 200 million dollars 
uh, has been donated through Canada Helps uh, itself, uh, which makes you a very important player in an overall marketplace, which is growing. Absolutely. Um, and, and we've actually looked, uh, there's, there have been organizations like us, um, like Network for Good, um, that we, we keep tabs on and they keep tabs on us in terms of similar things and also just around the world from Just Giving and others in the online space about where this is taking giving. Um, we've facilitated now over $240 million through the site over the last 10 years, and that's been, we're looking at about $70 million going through the site this year, which is an enormous amount in terms of giving in terms of the Canadian sector. And it's about trying to figure out where the trends are going in terms of giving. And, and there's not just social media, which is an obvious trend, but how are donors um, uh, how do they want to interact with organizations? And that's where we're seeing the really fascinating stuff happen, is that donors are um, using tools in the online space, especially these sort of brokered relationships, to say they want to take charge of personal information, they want to take charge of how they give, that they want to have lots of different choices in terms of you know, which credit card they pull out of their wallet, or maybe it's PayPal, or maybe it's whatever tool they're comfortable with. And there is a, um, an increasing acceptance of that from all generations of donors, um, increasingly more so from sort of the baby boomer and younger. But we're also seeing elderly donors who are becoming quite comfortable with the technology. And that's a, that's a key factor because the comfort and, and knowledge level of security issues and how this works in the online space still remains one of the key factors to get donors to do more of this type of, of giving in an online space. And it's, it's a good thing to be doing because it turns out donors become more generous when they're in the online space. They really the, the size of gift goes up. Um, they're they're more likely to do monthly giving. All sorts of interesting behaviors that charities have always sort of been looking for donors to do. Donors do spontaneously. We've found in the online space because they feel that they have more control over how the, the transaction happens. So it's a really interesting space to be in because that means it's changing models of fundraising as we go forward. Well, and, and in that space, um, what are you seeing in terms of the diversity of giving um, it, with Canada Helps? Because it, it, it seems to me that as we see the Internet continuing to grow uh, as a force in philanthropy, that philanthropy is becoming much more personal um, as opposed to brand-oriented, and that donors are looking to give where their heart is, uh, and they're giving to multiple organizations as opposed to necessarily having a, a loyalty to one brand over another. Are you seeing the, the diversity of giving grow within the charities that you, uh, that you support? We definitely are. I mean, there's always going to be the big brands that attract, uh, you know, they just have the, the marketing dollars, they've got the clout, and people to gravitate there. Um, but we are seeing that there is more and more interest in the small and especially things that are local. People are looking for stuff that's local. But they're also, um, Canadians think a lot about overseas issues, um, very driven by foreign uh, aid and foreign issues and, and foreign affairs. And so there's a lot of funding also going to organizations overseas or doing work overseas and trying to find the niche in, in the work that someone's doing. They're trying to, I think what, there's two pieces of that. I think the key under it is impact. People are looking for impact, whether that be local or if it, the work isn't local and they can't see it, they want to understand the impact the organization is having, and they think that the online space can help them find organizations with greater impact than sort of the tried, tested, and true. What else is out there? So we do see that people use our site, and it's one of the reasons we call it the Google of Giving, because we see people putting in search terms that are looking for stuff that is very community-oriented. They're typing mm -hmm. in the name of their city, their neighborhood, um, along with the cause. So it might be about animals, but they're looking for something in Toronto, or they're looking for something in Vancouver, and they want to find something right, very right. local. It's about discovery, um, and that is a very personal process. And, that and, and that's where a site like more. yours, 
yeah, that, that's where a site like yours really comes in uh, to to uh, to help not only the donor but only uh, also particularly smaller charities to be able to have a voice. Oh, absolutely, and I think that's the great thing about the online space is it's sort of the great leveling field that you know you can put a lot of money into a great website, but as long as there's two websites out there, um, one from a small organization, one from a big one, the small may actually be, have more impact in terms of capacity to tell the story. And then if you go one step further and look at a site like Canada Helps, where two charities or three charities or four charities are presented side by side, all of a sudden in the same format with their stories being told, you often find that it's the small ones that make the extra effort. Um, and it reminds me a lot, the online space reminds me a lot of sort of the Avis uh, commercials and, and Avis's marketing strategy, right, that they're number two, so they're going to try harder. And I think what we see is in the online space, that trying harder really starts to pay off because the smaller guys can actually work harder, put in that little bit of extra effort, which they often do because it's, it's, it's run often on blood, sweat, and tears. They put in the extra effort, and their story comes across in many cases a little bit stronger than some of the big ones. And, and they may not, if, uh, being a smaller organization, may have traditionally not had access to technology, may not have had access to the kind of secure giving uh, that your services provide. But now with Canada uh, Helps, uh, all of these charities are able to be on a level playing field to, have, to offer to their donors that kind of security, uh, which brings them to a level where they can compete. That's it. I mean, I think that's a big part of it. Is And one of the things we sort of say is we want to get out of the way. We we really believe that if, you know, technology can be so cumbersome for some people, and there's definitely transactions that we've we've all experienced in the online space where there's just too many pages, too many buttons to click, too many fields you have to fill in. And our idea is we actually want to get out of the way very quickly, make that transaction very slippery, very fast. But give every charity the capacity to do that, that, to have that, and therefore get the transaction out of the way so that the charity can focus on the relationship building. And so the second piece of what we're trying to engage with charities is help them with that relationship building piece in the online space because we really feel it is the great leveling um, aspect of, of how you reach out and how you connect. You may not be able to afford the billboards or have you know a, a very networked board member who can, who can figure out how to get those donated, but in the online space, you know, the same – uh, the same social media tools are freely available. The capacity to build an impactful website is the same um, in terms of, I think, what you can do. I don't think money makes as much of a difference anymore. So it really is a great leveling field in terms of the transactional capacity is one, and we've provided that, and we want people to move on and do the next level of the marketing and, and get their message out using the tools and just really take advantage of it because I think that it gives them such incredible opportunities now. We're going to uh, just take a, a real quick break to uh, provide a reminder. And when uh, when we come back, uh, Owen, what I wanted to do is explore a little bit more uh, this uh, Canadian interest in international giving, some of the pitfalls and some of the uh, the issues that you see uh, in uh, in giving internationally. We'll be right back. Sure. Remember, our podcasts and archives are always available 24 hours a day at tenhart.com. Click on radio links. If you're listening live today, the phone lines are open. Call in and ask a question by dialing 347-324-3080. Now, back to the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. You were mentioning before, uh, we're live here uh, on the Nonprofit uh, Coach with Owen Charters, who is uh, the uh, president and CEO of Canada Helps uh, org uh, in Canada, um, headquartered in Toronto. Uh, Owen, you were talking about uh, Canadians' interest in helping around the world. 
Yeah, we see. I mean, it's not that it's a, it, there's a, at least 12% of the giving through our site goes towards international giving. Um, in terms of it goes to organizations that do work outside of Canada in one way or another. Um, and one of the biggest outpourings we see is especially around humanitarian uh, disasters. Um, Canada has a really uh, tight relationship with Haiti. There's been a lot of immigrants over the years that have come from Haiti to the region of Quebec because of the French language affinity. Um, and so when the disaster happened in Haiti and the earthquake struck, an enormous outpouring, an almost disproportionate outpouring from Canadians to overseas efforts. And Canadians tend to do that. I think it's I think a lot of people across North America do that, um, but Canadians really are known for sort of having an international worldview, and a lot of their giving goes to organizations serving overseas. And and uh, and through your site, they're they're able to give through established international charities, but there there still is uh, a little bit of a difficulty um, in just choosing a charity uh, and sending money. It really needs to go through established charities right now. Yeah, and actually that's an interesting uh, issue you raise. One of the things that people, I think, donors from around the world are still trying to figure out how to send money directly overseas, and and can you still get sort of a charitable benefit out of doing it? Um, And and unfortunately, sovereign borders still make it fairly tough. There's a lot of money flowing over over borders, we know, through very traditional uh, modes um, um, from Wells Fargo to other sort of wire services, and those are often going back to communities where immigrants have come and are sending money back home. But what we're trying mm-hmm. to do is, uh, at least within the, the restrictions of the charitable regulation in Canada, making sure the money is getting to international agencies, and, and, and they're the ones that really are, are given the power to be able to spend that money overseas in aid of other countries. Right, right, and that that really is important. Um, Owen, we uh, we have uh, a question from uh, from Don, Donna uh, in Edmonton who's asking. I think you mentioned a little bit about this before, but maybe you can go in uh, to it a little bit more. I'm um, asking about uh, fees associated to working with uh, Canada Helps. Absolutely. So, of course, there's there's always costs associated with almost every service. Um, our fees are 3.9% for most transactions, and that includes both the credit card fees. So we take care of everything. We take care of the credit card fee. We take care of the banking fee. We take care of the tax receiving, actually, for charities, which is a key part of a Canadian donation transaction. Um, people really value the tax receipt highly, uh, and they do get panicky when that doesn't come out. We take care of the customer service. And there's another great cost in Canada, which is that if you're a national level, you have to operate in both French and English. Um, and so it provides for all those services on the French-English uh, side and the security. So we're actually – the idea behind Canada Helps is that we take those costs that charities would have to absorb on their own in terms of providing secure infrastructure, um, payment credit card industry standard security, uh, all sorts of difficult things for an individual organization to do, aggregate it so that the costs are actually lower. Because uh, we found that if individual charities go out and get a merchant account and set everything up on their own, they, because of low volumes and because the online space is considered high risk, they're actually paying uh, very high merchant fees. And on top of that, then they have to pay for all the infrastructure costs as well. So the costs, um, the idea and, here and is it's a bit of a shared it, not, service. Not just to not just to pay for it and to obtain it, but also to maintain it uh, and to uh, to know how all those services work. So that that's that's quite a, a hill for most smaller charities, as you said, that may not have large volume to be able to maintain. Absolutely. If you're getting a few thousand dollars from an online service um, and you're paying monthly fees to a, a merchant provider, uh, plus all these other things, and the maintenance, as you say, upgrading, 
um, technology from year to year, which is required by a lot of the merchant providers, the costs really add up. So the idea behind Canada Helps is it's a bit of a shared service for the sector. By aggregating those volumes, we can get better um, rates from the credit card providers. We can share the infrastructure that's needed. It's almost as if it's a, a software in the cloud, although we run specific data servers out of, our, uh, out of a, a Toronto data center to, make, to manage all of this and keep best-in-class technology operating for the charitable sector overall. Now, on your uh, your website, uh, not just a giving, but you also uh, promote uh, partnerships, that I believe, that you have for both volunteering and in-kind giving. Um, how is uh, Canada Helps involved with volunteering and in-kind gifts? Actually, we don't do a lot of that. We do sort of pass people on to a couple of different connections in terms of those types of giving, recognizing that that's some of the ways people want to give. So we do help people find those resources um, the best way we've found to help people volunteer is it's clearly something that's local. And throughout Canada, there are volunteer centers in most major center, most metropolitan centers that are better at connecting and figuring out how to find um, people finding the, the right connection in terms of volunteering fit. At, at the outset, sort of 10 years ago, Canada Helps thought about really doing more in the online volunteer matching and, and brokering space. Um, but it, it, it's a very challenging space to do because it tends to be such a local enterprise. There's definitely some stuff that happens online, like micro-volunteering and, and little bits of, of, of work people can do on their computers. But most of the – and the bulk of volunteering still happens locally. So we do pass people on. There's an organization, Volunteer Canada, that really focuses on volunteering. And then on the in-kind side, there's such a wide variety of options for people that we just help point them in the local uh, – off to local organizations that can handle what it is, whether it's clothing, computers, furniture, whatever those pieces may be, um, helping them find and connect to the organizations that, that will help them do that. So while we don't directly broker the, the specific gifts in the case of volunteering and, and in-kind, we do sort of help people find the resources that will help them consider things beyond the monetary gift. Right. It's all uh, approach to not being uh, supportive of charitable efforts. Uh, throughout Canada is not just the monetary or writing a check or leaving a credit card. Exactly. Yeah. So um, we're going to uh, take a, a quick uh, low, uh, station break here. And when we come back, I want to go back to one of the topics that, that you brought up but came up in uh, uh, page one today, uh, and that is this issue of donation of securities. You said that that's growing uh, and that it is an area of particular expertise uh, from uh, uh, from Canada Helps. Uh, so we'll be uh, right back after the break. I want to thank the uh, fine folks over at bellstrike.com for being sponsor of today's nonprofit coach with Ted Hart. Bellstrike is a new service that lets nonprofits set up attractive, donation-enabled websites in just about a minute or two. It's the easiest way to create and update a website without having to learn anything. Bellstrike websites include online fundraising, a blog, auto receipts, automatic social media integration, and a ton more. There's no sign-up costs or even monthly costs. Bellstrike only charges a small fee for online donations but caps its fees as well, so nonprofits are never overcharged. And right now over at bellstrike.com, and you can click on this in the radio links at tedhart.com, you can even enter the Bellstrike 5 
$5,000 grant contest. That's right. You could earn $5,000 grants for your organization uh, by signing up before March 31st. So there's lots of time to go and check out this terrific service that's available at bellstrike.com. For your organizational needs, uh, for your website design specifically for nonprofit organizations, make sure that you check out bellstrike.com. That's B-E-L-L. S-T-R-I-K-E dot com, bellstrike.com. Thank you again for being our sponsor today here on The Nonprofit Coach. We also want to draw attention to, and you'll find this uh, uh, over in the radio links, and you can uh, sign up over on LinkedIn uh, for our people-to-people fundraising LinkedIn group. And this group continues to grow by leaps and bounds every single week. That group is now over 1,000. 566 members uh, over at LinkedIn. Just search for People to People Fundraising Group and you can join the discussion with your colleagues from around the world. Of course, that's free of charge and that's over at LinkedIn.com. You can also find the link directly at our public education site, P2PFundraising.org. That's the letter P, the number two, the letter P, fundraising.org. Before we head back to uh, our page two expert, uh, who is the international online fundraising expert, Owen Charters, coming to us live from Toronto, Canada, uh, with the organization CanadaHelps.org. We want to make sure that you are up to date and your calendar has been updated uh, for the next several shows here of The Nonprofit Coach. Uh, those of you who have been with us for a while know that once a month we have the very special The Green Show. The Nonprofit Coach The Green Show will be this Friday, February 17th at 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Glenn Croston will be with us to help you understand and learn about how you can green your budgets for your organization, how you can save money and make money by going green. Uh, as was mentioned on page one, the next uh, Nonprofit Coach Radio Show, the AFP Wiley, very special edition is uh, Tuesday, February 21st at 12 noon Eastern. Uh, and then uh, mark your calendars because we're going to uh, shift by a day. Uh, you would normally expect the uh, Nonprofit Coach Show to be on Tuesdays, which would make it Tuesday, February 28th, but not this year. We're going to be moving to Wednesday, February 29th in honor of Leap Year. Uh, once every four years, we get to move uh, the uh, the schedule one day, so we're going to have the special Leap Year show. We're going to be talking uh, again to folks uh, coming to us from uh, Toronto, Canada about the Digital Leap Conference, what you can learn there, and also uh, we will have some very big announcements uh, here about the Nonprofit Coach uh, and your host uh, here on the Leap Year Show, February 29th, 2012, at 12 noon Eastern. With that, we're going to head right back to Owen Charters on page two here at the Nonprofit Coach. I said uh, when we uh, came back, I wanted to uh, get into the uh, the topic of securities, and I do. Uh, but Brian has a question for you coming in from email uh, about charity charity gift cards. So, uh, can you tell us first uh, about what are charity gift cards? Yeah, um, charity gift cards are actually a fascinating uh, concept because the idea is that instead of um, 
instead of one of those traditional gift cards people buy, um, say at a, at a retail store, this concept, and it's been facilitated in the online space, and we offer them, allows someone to buy a gift card online. And so in, in, if you use Canada Helps, you're purchasing it, you get the, the tax receipt, and then you get to give that gift card to someone else, either either virtually or physically. You get to hand them that gift card, and then they can go on, uh, this, in our case, on our site, use the code on the card to then redeem the gift card to the charity of their choice um, or to a couple of charities if, if they're interested in splitting the gift between a few organizations. So it, it's, a, it's a way to really encourage other people to get engaged in giving. Um, and we see some really interesting ways in which it's, it's worked. We see it sometimes where grandparents are giving it to grandchildren on top of, say, a Christmas gift. They're saying, you know, you get all these great things, and here's an interesting way to actually give back. Um, and then sitting down jointly and looking at organizations, making a choice, and deciding how to give. So it's a very interesting concept in terms of encouraging philanthropy. We've seen employers give it to employees as employee recognition pieces because um, everyone's got another T-shirt or another mug, and now it's, it's something a little more interactive, a little more interesting interesting in terms of how they get to they get to do something now with that gift um, and it takes the idea often that you know we see charity gifts where you can buy a goat that's great you never get to see the goat but you know it's doing uh, good for a family overseas but the gifts already been made for you in those cases and this is about taking it one step um, be, uh, before that and allowing the donor to actually or the recipient to decide where the money is going to go um, and they get the control over it ultimately one of our uh, our good friends, uh, Kendall Webb, has been uh, a uh, frequent guest here on the Nonprofit Coach, and she's over at JustGive.org uh, in uh, in the United States. And uh, she was saying that uh, this whole concept of gift cards is uh, is growing very rapidly for her organization. Um, how has this been growing for uh, Canada Helps? Uh, it's been going well. It's, it's definitely something um, I think people need to take, they need to sort of wrap their head around the concept, and once they figure it out. Um, then they find all kinds of ways to to use it. You know, we had one corporate client. It was a bank in Canada who said, you know, we're going to take 10,000 of these and give them uh, give them to our employees. And then the the very interesting thing for them was not only did they have uh, a way of recognizing their employees. But they also, when you talk about workplace giving, they had a great way then of understanding the data of where, what organizations did their um, did their employees want to support, what meant the most to them, because it, you know typically the decisions about corporate giving are made um, at the executive level or in the boardroom, and this was about making it a little more democratic and actually seeing where if would people put their money where their mouth is, um, and deciding how to give ultimately. And I think so. Some great ways that it's encouraging uh, giving ultimately. Um, it's definitely growing. We're seeing it as a complement or as a substitute for giving um, for birthdays, for holidays, uh, weddings as well. We've seen not only giving them to the bride and groom, um, but also giving them to the guests as sort of the, the thank you favorite at, um, instead of another little thing that, that all those guests get to take home. Here's something that, that the guests actually get to do something with. So really creative ways of using it, not only some interesting growth, but just more innovative ways of, of thinking about where can you use these gift cards. So creative options for for the donor side. Uh, you have gift pages that are available for charities, as you said, mm -hmm. to integrate into their website where they can uh, have you serve as sort of the, the trusted, secure back engine uh, for their website. Um, before the, uh, the, the break and during uh, page one today, we were uh, mentioning the power and the growth of the uh, gift of securities. Um, and uh, so let's talk a little bit about what are you doing uh, in that arena? How are you facilitating that? And, and I'm guessing that you're seeing that grow f even faster than gift cards. 
We are, and that's especially in the monetary side because obviously those are bigger gifts. People give more typically when they give by securities. And the tax law, just like it was in the U.S., the tax law was changed over the last couple of years to make giving securities a really uh, significantly more powerful way of reducing taxes that you owe and getting a better uh, bang for your buck from the tax man when you give. And so that was really targeted at some of the larger institutions and also the wealthier donors who tended to give securities and and wanted more bang for their buck. And Canada Helps introduced, uh, it was about four years ago, a tool that allowed the average donor to do the same thing to charities that often in many cases didn't have a brokerage account set up um, or were going to be struggling in terms of how you sell, how you value these things. I mean, there's a lot of complicated rules about how you make sure that the tax value for that security is, is valued on the specific day in the market. Um, so we're trying to take the headache out of that transaction and allowing not only the average donor, but the average charity to be able to receive these gifts, which often, in the end, tend to be much larger than gifts that are made in cash. So we're seeing more mm-hmm. than a um, million dollars a year go through in securities through our site. Um, and it grows, and, and it, it's a really interesting indicator of how strong the markets are because if the market's not doing so well, um, those gifts really dry up. And when the market's doing well, we see those gifts really start uh, picking up. So it's a great indicator in terms of, of confidence about giving and about uh, how that's tied to the marketplace overall. Mm. And, and and talk a little bit more about why why would that be the case? I mean, if someone's going to make a gift, why is a gift of security uh, better, perhaps, than uh, a gift of cash? Um, well, the rules in Canada allow that there's two types of, of um, tax benefit for giving security, whereas giving a, um, a straightforward cash donation only has one benefit. So the government of Canada gives anyone who gives a donation to a registered charity, you get a nice tax benefit. Um, you get a bit of a, a credit on your tax t- uh, when it comes to tax time. The second thing, though, they do is that when it comes to donating securities, they also say any capital gains you've accrued on those, those securities, um, if you've used them to give to charity, we will not you, you won't have to pay tax on those capital gains, which is a nice gift, uh, a second right. gift from the tax. And, and let, let's help make sure that charities understand this, because whether you're listening in the United States uh, or in Canada, uh, which particularly those two countries, we know we have listeners around the world, um, that's significant because you actually on those dollars potentially would be taxed twice. Um, but you're you're actually going to avoid that capital gains tax that if you just took that stock and say you sold it and then you use the proceeds to give to charity, you'd have to pay tax on that. Whereas donating the securities directly, you're not going to have to pay that capital gains tax, which actually allows you to either give more or to give less at a higher value. Exactly. I mean, this is the great thing about it is that, you know, and especially for those, it used to be, sure, if you're writing a check for $100,000, that tax benefit made a huge difference. And we've stepped in and said, hey, if you're giving 500 or $1,000, and even if you have a self-directed investment account, then even better. You can, uh, if, that was, if that was the size of gift you're giving, why not benefit from these extra tax advantages and help the average donor um, get the same advantages that someone who would be going, say, through the Fidelity Fund with, with a large amount of money um, could get, why not have access to that? Since it's, it's written in the tax law, it's written in the tax code, take advantage of it and help a charity out along the way as well. 
Well, and, and so help us understand um, how, what kind of assistance Canada Helps provides to charities. Is this a say say uh, I'm a charity and I have the donation page and I have a link on my website um, that says donate now and Canada Helps is going to be my my secure back engine. Is this a second link? for gifts of securities, or, or how automated is that process? We actually consider it a payment method. So it's sort of as if you're, you know, typically you get asked, well, are you going to pay by Visa, MasterCard, Amex? Um, we actually have a longer payment list. So one of the options is, do you want to give securities um, in your gift? Uh, it's, it's almost as straightforward as that. The idea that it really is simply um, when you're looking at your options of how you want to, how are you going to complete that transaction, sir? Then the answer is, well, maybe one of the options that I see here is securities. Let me check that out. Um, so we work with a, a, a large Canadian um, a securities brokerage on the back end to settle all these, and we take care of everything. So the, the concept is the charity um, from the front end is has no more so, to so do. So essentially, than they're, they're would it would it be would it be fair to say it, say I chose that option I'm essentially pledging securities that then you're going to help settle on the back end that's exactly it and so the, okay. from the charity's point of view they're seeing you know the donation made the pledge made and they're going to see cash settled into their account just as if it was made through a credit card we take care of of settling the pledge settling the valuation making sure that the securities is settled into cash and get that directly into the charity's account so it's a very straightforward process from the point of view of the the charity and increasingly easier for the donor um, eliminating some of the um, extra fees that sometimes donors have to go through for example we know that people want to give to multiple charities um, and that if they're doing multiple security settlements they're incurring multiple brokerage transaction fees for each security they, they pledge to different charities and we're saying aggregate all of those into one do one transaction your broker will charge you once from their end um, and we'll make sure it settles into these five different charities or however many charities you've chosen we're going to take care of all of that so it, it can be cheaper for the donor it's more straightforward for them and from the charity's perspective it's uh, it's dead simple that's great. That well, that that just expands the uh, the options uh, for charities. Uh, being mindful of uh, of the clock here, I want to make sure that uh, we cover uh, other services that uh, that are offered. So, give us a quick rundown of the services that charities right now can use uh, from uh, from Canada Helps, because I don't think that we've necessarily um, discussed the. Uh, the power of your back engine in terms of charities being able to register with you and be able to see all of this transaction online. Yeah, I mean, there, and we could probably go on for hours and, and do another show just on all of those pieces. But you know, and, and there are ways that people can learn more about it. We offer our own webinars, et cetera. But the idea is that the charity gets um, access to all these different payment forms. They get full donor information. They download um, reports that go into whatever they're using, be it Razor's Edge, be it Salesforce, whatever their back end. In many cases, we've discovered it's just simply an Excel spreadsheet they're keeping um, track of. Um, so they get access to the information. They get money sales into their account every week. Uh, we want to make sure that that money is available to, to, to charities to be able to use as soon as they need it. A lot of charities are, have really poor cash flow, and getting that money is really important. So the settlement happens, the information that they can update all their information on our site and update it as they want. They have full login access to do with it, all these pieces. And the idea is the service is free until you actually have a transaction go through. So it's literally transaction costs cover, are covered through the transaction. But everything else is provided as part of the charitable foundation service that, that, that we offer. So lots of um, 
lots of pieces on that side. And then on top of that, we offer a program called My Charity Connects, which is about um, traveling across the country, talking to charities, teaching them about social media, teaching them about online giving, um, and ta- helping them take their, their fundraising in the online space to the next level. So giving them the tools, giving them the, the knowledge and the skills to understand how they can better take advantage of moving their donors into an online space and, and increasing the amount that uh, they're able to get from f- online fundraising sources. Now, to that point of My Charity Connects, we do want to make note uh, to all of our listeners today that over in the radio links today at tedhart.com, just click on radio links, you'll find the very best links of the Internet. And today we've provided you a direct link to, um, I believe, the YouTube webinar that uh, that you have, which is entitled, What is Canada Helps and Why Should My Charity Sign Up? That's provided as a direct link. But beyond that, the, the scope of the education that you provide to charities is is really quite broad, ranging from um, it, an introduction to Google Analytics uh, to specific services uh, at uh, at Canada Helps, but you're also uh, talking about things such as uh, social networking and search engine optimization. So um, why the the breadth of uh, of information for for a service that processes online gifts? Well, we found it all ties in. Um, that the, the, At the end of the day, the key is what's going to drive people to click that Donate Now button. And for many organizations, um, you know, we get questions as basic as, I don't have a website, where do I start? Um, and they should be clearly listening to your show more because there's a lot of resources that, that will help them in that direction if, if that's where they're struggling, all the way up to, well, I have a site, but I don't know how to get people to actually visit, build an engagement, and get them to connect. And we recognize that allow, giving charities the tools to understand the social networking, giving them tools to understand how to get their site visible, those are the value adds that get them into the site and then help them tell the story and ultimately click on that button and help them raise more money. So the idea is it's all tied, um, and it's it's been the interesting thing is it's been an enormously growing program. The demand, a lot of the topics are in response to demand, but also in in response to foundations and other fun, sponsors and funders who want to help get the word out and have seen it as a great platform to help Canadian charities really understand what do you do. How do you make sense of all of these new tools that are coming at them, um, often at a fast pace? You know, Google Plus has arrived on the scene, and a lot of people are still trying to figure out Facebook. So what do you do with another social network? So we're trying to help them along in terms of make sense of that. And in some cases even say, you know what, no, I'm choosing not to do that one. It doesn't make sense for us. Um, so it's not just about getting people on all the tools. It's about helping them really develop strategy for it. Some prioritization to that. Now, Canada Helps is uh, celebrating 10 years of uh, service throughout Canada. How would you uh, uh, characterize that that 10 years, and and what's the future look like? Well, I'd have to say at the beginning it was kind of a, what is this and what's going on, and and why why is everyone in the online space? And I think there were real questions about um, what was Canada Helps and, and why should people be doing online giving. Um, and that changed rapidly, I think, in the first by the first five years, Canada Helps really became the dominant uh, online donation provider throughout the, the Canadian sphere. Um, and that's when we started looking more at these programs like My Charity Connects and what, what's happening uh, in terms of understanding that space, acceptance of it, and then moving people towards you know, how do they leverage and increase that giving. And now we're seeing real changes that are being brought up, um, not just by the social networks, but by changes in medium. The idea that the the Internet is everywhere. It's not just on your laptop or on the screen at, at your desk at home. It's wherever you are. 
Um, and the idea that giving is spontaneous from not just mobile, but the idea that there are more ways to engage people more often than I think there ever have been. And where is that going to take organizations? We're trying to figure that out, help charities figure that out as well and give them some, some directions to pursue and help to give them the tools that will make that work. Increasing concerns around security, all those things are investments that we, that we continue to make in terms of making it a better place for Canadians to trust in terms of how they're going to give. So it's, it's really fascinating to see what's going to happen in the next little while, um, yeah, both as technology changes, as the Internet changes, and I think as people's perceptions and acceptance of the online space changes as well. And, and uh, on your website, CanadaHelps.org, charities can sign up uh, for your newsletter. How many charities currently receive your newsletter? Um, there's, I think there's about 10,000. I actually haven't seen the latest numbers in terms of the subscription. And there's two newsletters. There's actually one goes out to donors, sort of reminds them of uh, something we call smart giving, giving them tools and trips, uh, ticks, bleh, tools, tips and tricks to be wiser about choosing a charity, making sure that they're giving to a real charity, avoiding fraud, all that kind of thing. And then on the charity side, more, um, you know, organizations are are getting uh, points about how to do better at their social media piece, how to integrate that Donate Now button in more of the things they're doing, including their own newsletters. Um, and it's just been growing like crazy. That's great. Owen Charters, online fundraising expert coming to us from Toronto, Canada, uh, from CanadaHelps.org. Thank you for joining us uh, today here on The Nonprofit Coach. Before we wrap up the show today, very quickly, how can our guests reach you? Well, the best way is uh, usually by uh, um, through our website is one, CanadaHelps.org. You can find contacts through there. Um, my email is always open. Um, sometimes it takes me a while to get through the n- massive number of emails in the box, but it's simply Owen at CanadaHelps.org. Um, but more than often, more than anything, just contact our staff, reach out to us. We have a, we have a team standing by, as they say, all the time, um, and we're happy to answer questions and, and help people through how they're set up a Donate Now button, how to make a gift, whatever it may be they need. Owen at CanadaHelps.org. Thank you for joining us here today. Don't forget to join us on Friday for The Green Show. We'll be right back here on Tuesday for the next Nonprofit Coach. You've been listening to The Nonprofit Coach Radio Show with Ted Hart. Tell all your friends to check out our production schedule and download our iPod and iPad-friendly podcast at TedHart.com. Thanks for listening to The Nonprofit Coach. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.